Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, episode number 297. And we are powered by DeerCast. Thank you. You know, as much as we tell people at the start of every show, staying clear, I don't think you guys are doing that. In fact, I think you're leaning in. Good. That's what we need. We need some leaners. They need to follow the directions. That we we, we need tell some, them to stand clear and they just no, sit there. We need some people to tell their friends about the show. That would help. <laughs> <laughs> That's Matt Drury. You're Tim Chelswick. And we are both still not killers. No, no. Let's move on to another topic. I mean, <laughs> I, I've been to three states and not had much luck. Uh, so. Yes. Yeah, it's tough. I, I did have a shooter show up in daylight on camera. That's how tough we know which it is. is like, <laughs> what do I do? How do I, how do I handle this? You, you still didn't kill it yet. No, no, I didn't. He showed up yesterday. So we'll see. Hey, what happened? Why didn't you go last night? He didn't show up last night, so I didn't miss anything. No. Oh, on camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. I, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm just messing with you. I got nothing going either. All my pictures are <sighs> nighttime. All my, you know, I got, I got nothing going. <laughs> it literally feels like hunting the Sasquatch. Yeah. It's not out there. Might not be them. It might be us. Hmm. <laughs> that thought has crossed my mind in the. I don't like that thought. On the 50 some odd sits we've had where yeah. I've seen not anything. <laughs> So, yeah, but today we will talk about somebody else's good fortune and it's not by accident working his butt off. He has put in the time and he has just killed the biggest deer of his life. Without further ado, we have Forrest Bonin on. He is Terry's farm manager, camera guy, and he's just an all around good dude. What's up, buddy? How much? How you guys doing? Well, you're not heard. as good as you. <laughs> not great. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so Forrest, Forrest killed a deer that these guys have been chasing for three years. Three years, yeah. Uh, a, a deer that has walked. That you talked about daylight photos. I these guys have daylight photos all the time of this deer. <laughs> but just because you have a daylight photo doesn't mean you can catch <laughs> up to them. Well, why don't you dig into this a little bit, Forrest? Forrest. All right. Well. Got lucky enough and uh, was able to kill the deer we call Junkie finally. And uh, it was it's a deer that we've been as I've been, as I said we've been chasing him for three years. And like you said, we have more daylight photos of this deer than any deer we've ever had. But he also walks more than any other deer we've ever had. Mm. Um, I mean, like just the other day, just one example, we had a picture of him at nine in the morning on one camera, and then at four o'clock in the afternoon, we had him on another camera. 2.4 miles away on the same farm. He made a big move. And then about an hour later, we had him on another camera going back towards the original camera, but he went another uh, about three quarters of a mile. So he went almost three miles there. That so. kind of makes killing a deer like that feel like you're hunting a needle in a haystack. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we've literally, he's been our number one target over there for three years now. And we only had one, one previous encounter to it with him uh, prior to Friday when we killed him. And it's one of those deals where, you know, it's, it's a little random, you, you know, Mark and Terry, they're, they're, you know, students of trail camera imagery and patterning deer, but 
when you have a deer that walks like that and there is no pattern, I, I often think about this because, you know, the spots that we're hunting, it, they don't, they're, they are, are almost impossible to pattern. So when you have a deer like that, you know, you guys are, you put in a lot of off season plans and you were planting food plots and moving blinds and stands and doing everything you needed to do. But what's the game plan going into a season after you had one season and then you've had two seasons where you can't catch up to them. What's, what's the driving factor going into season three or, you know, whatever, trying to catch up to a deer that's all the time he's, he's walking. He's just, you just can never guess right. Basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we like you said, we went back and studied those that historical data off those reconnaissance pictures. And in the first year, we had we had pictures of him, and we're like, okay, we're just gonna hunt him. We figured he was kind of like every any other deer. Well, then we never saw him that first year, and we we're kind of like, okay, we need to change things up a little bit. So we added a bunch more reconnaissance uh, cameras, moved him into some areas where um, we thought was his core area. Um, his core area ended up being much bigger than we thought. But we moved a bunch of Reconics cameras in there, hunted him the next year. And that's when we had the encounter with him uh, last year in 2020. And, or excuse me, 2021. Had that encounter with him. And uh, and then he went back to being a ghost um, to our eyeballs, to the Reconics cameras. He loved having his picture taken. Um, but then this summer is when we really put the move on. We said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to get uh, pretty aggressive here. We moved, I think, four different four different blinds in we actually went in back in february i went into a spot uh there's a there's a fence that runs down the middle of this drainage and there's a gap in there and we'd hung a reconnaissance camera on that and had his picture in there quite a bit so we went in and i was digging uh big six by six posts in with a hand post hole digger on a hill in february through the mm. frozen ground um terry i mean always keeping me busy <laughs> that's a nice way to say it <laughs> <laughs> but i uh, went in there in February, we moved those blinds in. Ben came over to help me one day. Chad Kilmer came over to help me a couple of days, got these blinds moved in. And um, and then, I mean, we, we put a ton of Reconics cameras out this year. We have more cameras rolling on that section of the farm than any other year. Um, but it was just, we I, I don't even know where to, where to, or how much effort we put into it or how to describe that. Because, I mean, literally everything we do is for that deer. Uh, and again, like proof that just because you have trail cam pictures and or cell cam pictures does not mean that deer is dead. Uh, no. So <laughs> go ahead. He's the perfect example. Everyone's like, oh, cell cams are cheating and stuff. No, we would go in and, and hunt and we'd get a picture of this deer within 150 yards of us and we, we never saw him. <sighs> so I mean, cell cams do not equal dead. That's for sure. No, <laughs> I'd buy more if that was the case. <laughs> right. So as you guys go into the season, I, I heard dad say several times, it's like, man, I just finally, you know, going into the uh, decoy buck, you know, the first deer that he killed over in Illinois, it was a mid 170s, great deer. He said he, he decided in his mind that he was kind of divorcing junkie yeah. and he was just going to go after, you know, go to another, uh, bring another girl to the, to, to the dance or whatever. So, um, that happens and he kills that deer. And then all of a sudden Batman shows up, you know, which you guys ended up knowing from years past, but you know, you didn't, he really hadn't been there a lot, had he? No. So the decoy buck was kind of, as your dad said, he was the Dickman on that alfalfa field. And that's where Batman had been the previous years. But then um, when decoy kind of got in there, he really had all the other bucks run out. So I think when we pulled decoy buck out of there and killed him, it really 
it really threw a curveball in because kind of the top man on the totem pole was pulled out of there. So it allowed Batman. He was a little bit younger deer and smaller body, but he was still pretty aggressive. He moved in there and kind of took over that area once we moved decoy buck out. Yeah. So you guys kill, you end up going first shotgun season. You see that deer, dad kills him. Biggest deer of dad's life. I think bigger than what, uh, you know, what he thought he was going to go. And, uh, and then now we got another tag and we got junkie love. So you're going into second shotgun season. You're up to bat. And I know how it goes, especially hunting with Mark and Terry. And th- there's, there's a list of deer where it could be a management buck. It could be, and it's kind of whoever, whoever steps out is going to get it <laughs> right. So were you and your mind thinking, I mean, it's hard not to go in thinking you're going to have a chance at this deer, but three years later, it's also probably like, we're not going to see this deer. What, what's the mentality going in? Are you thinking I'm going to shoot, you know, whatever I get a chance at, or am, am I holding out? I mean, I did, I did. I get excited. I mean, a 120 can walk out and I get excited. If it's a mature deer, I'm obviously going to, you know, take the shot, put my tag on it. Um, but in my head, I was like, man, there, there is a chance I could kill the biggest deer in my life. Like literally I was getting ready that morning and I was like, I could kill the biggest deer in my life potentially today. If junkie would happen to come out. Cause your dad had already been like, man, if he comes out, you're shooting him. So we, uh, we went into a spot there. We had, um, three different mature bucks that had been on camera throughout the season there and junkie hadn't really been in that spot a whole lot and uh and then the previous the two nights prior to shotgun season we got pictures of him in the dark there and your dad and i were talking and we're like man last year he was on this soybean plot quite a quite a distance from there and we had some the farmer left some standing beans um, in this spot this year the prior year it was corn and we're like man i wonder if junkie kind of like prefers those beans over the corn because the corn this year was over in his core area um and we didn't get many pictures of him on it so we went in there and as luck would have it he was the first mature buck to step out it was it was pretty cool and what time did he step out it wasn't first thing in the morning it was you know mid-morning wasn't it no i mean going in that morning it was 16 degrees there was a really heavy frost um it was dead quiet so uh, kind of our game plan going in is we were going to sit a long time because we figured let the sun get up, warm everything up, melt that frost off a little bit. We figured those deer would come uh, get a bite to eat before going back to bed. And I can't remember exactly what time shooting light was, but um, we didn't see our first deer till about an hour and a half after shooting light. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple little bucks come on, start eating beans, and a few does come out. And then uh, I think it was 920 was when he stepped out. So it was pretty late in the morning, actually. Does the the gravity of this is my biggest deer. It's, it's standing in front of me. Is that going through your mind as you're putting the crosshairs on them or what, what's happening there? Oh, I mean, Terry, Terry spotted him first. We were, we were sitting there and I was kind of looking out um, over a big, a big cut section of the bean field. And Austin Terry's like, Hey, there's a, there's a pretty good buck coming out. Um, there, there had been a doe and fawn that had come out of that spot previous and they kept looking back and kept looking back, but they were on the field for 20 minutes and, and a deer never came out, but Terry and I were talking in the blind, like, man, there's gotta be a buck down in there somewhere. And, uh, when he said, Hey, there's a pretty good buck coming out. I, uh, threw my loop folds up and man, I was like, I was like, Holy crap, it's junkie. <laughs> instantly the heart rate started going higher, higher, higher. Um, my breathing was, I was having a hard time keeping it together, but um terry was breathing pretty heavy beside me too but uh, got the window open (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh got the window open got the got the traditions nitro fire out there but unfortunately he was facing us and and i would prefer to 
like in a situation like that, I would like to happen really quick. So I don't have time to, mm. to stare at the gear or whatever, but man, he was on the field for 11 and a half minutes before I, before I was able to shoot him before he turned broadside. So the whole time my heart rate just kept going higher and higher and it was, it was intense. Was it still quiet and very little wind at that point? Or did you have, did you guys have some breeze? Uh, the wind had increased. It was like five or six mile an hour. So huh. it was still, still pretty light. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was breathing so heavy. I was fogging in the, in the hunt. You can see I was taking my finger and I had to clear the scope three or four different times. Cause I was breathing so heavy. It was fogging my scope mm. up. And, uh, and we had, um, <clears throat> we had four does come out actually. And, and they were standing about eight to 10 yards from the blind staring at us and blowing while he was on the field. So we, uh, Terry and I were sitting in the blind and he's like, man, don't let him get out of there. Cause after three years, we didn't want to let him get away. The encounter that you guys had last year with him, was that during bow or that was gun too, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was, it was bow season. It was November 3rd. And he, how close he came from behind you guys. I mean, I remember the footage at the time. I was like, holy crap, that deer's a giant. And he came in from behind you, right? Yeah. We had put that blind there specifically. There's a real steep ditch right behind us. And we thought there's no way a deer's going to come out of there. Sure enough, hmm. the one deer we're hunting comes out of the ditch behind us. He got into 15 16 yards and uh, managed to get away yeah that footage it has not seen the light of day yet so i assume here with your upcoming deer season 22 episode they'll go back through the history and showcase that that encounter but it was one of the prettiest encounters and then the footage of this deer the day you killed him i mean that was beautiful footage Mm -hmm. because it's the sun just the perfect time of day and it's kind of glistening off of the rack in his back and i mean it's a pretty it's a pretty scene and you know the kill is just a 10 out of 10. yeah it was i mean like you said both encounters i mean both of them are broad daylight sun shining on the deer and i mean he's he's big i mean really really big huge frame on him real wide um both of them are phenomenal encounters so when you guys lifted the window up in the blind did the deer that were you had a couple does underneath you or that how'd that go they actually we got we got pretty lucky there was a doe and a fawn and they were about 100 yards from the blind when we opened the window so luckily he was the only deer directly on our soybean plot when we opened the window mm-hmm. um got the muzzleloader out and the those does actually walked in about five minutes into him being on the field like he was working his way up by himself and they just they came from our right somewhere and uh, I just caught movement out of the corner of my eye and I, I kind of peek over and glance down and this doe standing there staring at me for eight yards. She didn't like that muzzleloader barrel hanging out the blind window. Yeah. She better watch it. Yeah. <laughs> She's a spoiler. They all are. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was pretty intense. And, and of course a couple of those does, the wind was blowing directly to those does. We had a South wind and uh the one doe she started blowing and she probably blew a dozen times um she blew five or six times then she calmed down for a couple minutes and junkie went back to feeding because when she blew man he's his ears i mean snapped forward and i mean he was on high alert and then she started blowing the second time and that's when he picked up i think that we were in the blind like mm-hmm. he knew we were there and he stared at us i think it was two minutes and 10 seconds he literally stood there and didn't move and stared directly at us in the blind and terry and i were absolute statues i mean we're on pins and needles (laughs) a great example of how even if a deer blows it doesn't mean that the hunt is completely over like it can still happen yeah i mean you need to at that point though it gets real dicey you got to be pretty still you got to really watch your movements i mean for them to 
calm down enough to then move on or give you the chance where he calms down. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty tough. I mean, that's an intense scenario. Yeah. Your margin of error is shrinking down enough after that happens. Yeah. So how about the shot, the recovery? Talk about that. Well, I mean, he, eventually he knew, knew something was kind of up and he turned to leave and had to, had to stop him there and, um, put the crosshairs on him. And I mean, I, took my time aiming really really hard i was like man i do not want to mess this up <laughs> squeeze the shot off and uh initially i i didn't know whether i hit him or not i felt really good about it but his reaction was not that of really a double lung deer he just he put his tail up and just kind of trotted off and i actually turn around terry gives me crap for it all the time and he actually screenshot the footage because um he said he's gonna make some memes out of it but he's like i turned around and i was like did i hit him and terry's like yeah you hit him he smoked him and i was like he didn't react like a like a double lung deer um but man once once we went back and reviewed the hit we're like man he's dead and saw the blood right away i mean there was blood squirting out of him that bleed bullet did its job and i mean the celebration was on i mean we we facetimed mark and wade facetimed matt there i mean it was to kill this deer was was pretty darn special yeah um for for both of us because we've been hunting him so hard and uh climbed down really good blood trail i mean he went maybe 100 yards downhill and we walked up on him and it was just like holy crap it was it was pretty surreal um especially for me being the largest deer in my life but just to have that kind of moment with a with a deer that old he's seven and a half Mm. and uh just to be that big it was it was a really really emotional moment probably made that uh february post hole digging (laughs) a little more worth it (laughs) he's like your mr miyagi Yeah, it was so much work and time and effort went into that deer. It was it was pretty special to finally get him on the ground. The other bonus is that if you're worried about Terry creating memes, that's not going to ever happen. I don't happen. think you got to worry about it. <laughs> I think you're good. He's going to make you create the meme about you. <laughs> Tell me what a meme is, and then can you make memes out of this? <laughs> our our Chris Comstock calls them memes. Ooh. <laughs> Gosh, ironically yeah. or not ironically no no not ironically Ooh. i don't think <laughs> maybe a gif or two who knows i know someone that calls them gifs uh, gifs i i ran into some guy that called wi-fi wifi he's like hey what's the wifi code for around here i was like what's my what? wifi what? i was like it's not weirdless f- fidelity it's wi-fi he's like well the rest of the world calls it wifi who is this person uh, some globalist weirdo <laughs> sit alan our classic globalist over here open borders alan (laughs) so i mean after that you know you got i know you guys both have a missouri tag still you have an illinois archery tag still but you guys have killed four gross boons (laughs) like what are you gonna do the rest of the season are you even i know right now what you're doing but we can get into that in a second but like there are no other giants left. Where do you go from here? Where do you go? No, I mean we're we're just running those reconnaissance cameras and uh, kind of trying to trying to find. We're just looking. I mean, in Missouri, we got a we got a few mature deer. They're not absolute giants, but they're they're old. Um, one deer. I mean, I'm sure people have heard us talk about him, Little Caesar. I mean, he's still running around. He's nine and a half. We're trying to run into him. Um, and then there's a couple other mature deer we're going to try to run into. But I mean, at this point, it's been the absolute season of a lifetime for Terry and me. And I mean, just all the deer we've killed, it's just been unbelievable. It'll never be topped. So at this point we're just, we're on the domain. <laughs> so right now 
you guys are he, – he had enrolled or you had enrolled. You guys had enrolled into the DMAP program. We've had um, an agent on talking about the DMAP program in a, a couple earlier episodes of the podcast. And it's something here in Missouri where, you know, if you have really high deer densities, you can be allotted extra tags to help manage your herd, does specifically. Uh, and you guys got – quite a few tags there and you have four different people that are allowed to use these tags and have certain allotment uh, each. And it's, you're utilizing, you could have done it during the fire. It's any of the firearm seasons, right? Is that how it works? Yeah. So you guys have elected to use the antlerless season, which in Missouri is happening right now <coughs> to try to tackle the bulk of the management for this DMAP program. Yeah. So it's um, we, we, applied um just because a lot of our food plots were getting hammered really hard and we've been seeing our dough numbers have been increasing um really really high so we we got enrolled in that and we um during the firearm season we were we were buck hunting the whole time and so we didn't shoot any does then so we're using the st louis season yapper came up and ben came up and the past few days we've really been bouncing around trying to trying to hit our dough numbers um and we're struggling a little bit the weather's been pretty crappy but we're we're knocking them down so as you go into something like that and I mean, is there a strategy as to which, do, you know, are you taking just mature, you know, the mama does, or are you, you know, is, if there's a fawn there and it's not a button, are you killing those two? Or is it strictly trying to get the amount of numbers down or are you trying to get the, the most mature does out of the herd? If it's, if it's not a button buck and it's a slick head, it's, it's getting shot. So we, is, is there any theory around, because I know what some people will say is like, well, you just went through the rut. These deer just, the does just were bred. Mm-hmm. Are you hurting your future, you know, buck population? But I think it's just more of an overall, you're trying to manage the numbers way down. I mean, they're, they're too high to begin with. So it's just an overall mouth of the table problem, problem, correct? Yeah, exactly. We, we recorded all our, I mean, we record all our deer sightings every hunt, but we, we worked with the biologist there at MDC and kind of came up with a rough guesstimate of what our buck to doe ratio was. And we thought it was like four and a half to one. And we wanted to really knock it down, try to get it two and a half to one or three to one. Um, so at this point, we're just trying to knock down those doe numbers and, and, uh, just take some mouse off the table more than anything. It isn't about a mature doe versus a, versus a little doe. It's a doe is a doe kind of is how we're looking at it. And then part of that process is reporting is it after season or during season, just, you know, what you ended up taking. Yeah. So through the program, we've actually, we, I have a, a kill log that every doe we shoot, I, I write down like who shot it, where they shot it. Yeah. Um, we have to weigh them all. And then we actually have to pull the front incisor teeth out of them and we're going to send those in and they age them. Um, but then we also estimate the age on that, on that kill log as well. Gotcha. Demapping it. So the meat you guys are donating, or are you processing some of them or what, what's, you know, that's also probably a question people ask what, what happens to the deer? What happens to the meat? So we got like Yapper took a, he, uh, he deboned a couple of them and took them home with him the other day. And then I actually took a load, uh, this morning, we took a bunch over to a local processor for the share of the harvest program. Um, they're, I think they started a new program this year where they make a lot of those into snack sticks and give them to kids. Yep. Um, and uh, so do that. And then we also, we keep a couple of them as well. I mean, I like to eat the meat and we eat it here in camp and Terry takes some and gets sausage and, and stuff made. So we, we definitely utilize every little ounce of meat we can get off of them. Is Terry an Oberly dog guy? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Dad, dad loves the Oberly dog. Mm. The 
a He's Willie a Mann. It's hard to beat, Forrest. So, no, except the problem is he takes all the meat that I cut up and he gets them made and then he doesn't bring them back up to the farm. That is a problem. <laughs> yeah. That is a problem. <laughs> Yet again, you're doing the work and not seeing the realizing the benefit. Yeah. Well, overall, I mean, like I said, it's going to be tough to top this season, but it was well deserved. You, you put your, you've put your time in, as they say. And mm-hmm. so to see, you know, you sitting behind a big, you know, mature buck like that. That's that's hopefully it's made it worth the worth all the management bucks you've shot through the years because it's that's part of the process. You guys are putting in the work, you're killing the does. And really before DMAP, I mean you guys would take probably 20, 30 does a year anyways, between archery, firearms, you know, and guests coming up. I mean, you guys would take quite a few does a year to try to help manage those populations. But one thing I noticed or felt like and you would know a lot better than I because you're up there all the time or every day. When EHD hit a couple of years ago, it seemed like that was the first instance, you know, since dad's owned the farm where it's like, all right, a bunch of mouths were taken away and the the overall health of the herd kind of benefited from it in the years to come. The antler growth from the deer that were there, it, it seemed to have helped quite a bit. I mean, is that is that accurate to say or do you do you feel the same way? No, I, I agree a hundred percent there in 2019, we thought like 75 to 80% of the, of the deer herd died up here. Um, we found, I can't remember exactly. I found like 80 some dead in the spring when I was shed hunting does and bucks. Um, but then, yeah, like you said, I mean, the, the following year, our, our food plots did phenomenal. I mean, it was like your dad said, it was the first year he ever had really good soybeans here and our corn did really good. And our deer, I mean, their their body weights were up because we weigh every deer we kill anyways, even prior to the DMAT program. Um, but the body weights were up. Racks were definitely bigger. I mean, our rack, our antler growth has been really good the last few years. And Terry and I kind of think it's because that social stress is down. Um, but, I mean, those that population rebounded really, really quick. And uh, we backfilled a lot. I mean, having food, we suck a lot of deer in late, and a lot of them seem to stay, and that social stress is right back up where it was, and we think that was a big a big part of it. So trying to knock these does out is trying to help out with that social stress. Yeah, I think that's probably the lesson to be learned in general from the this episode, what, you know, the way you guys are managing over there. And I, I know we're talking about also these deer in Illinois that you guys killed. You guys killed three giants over there, but the overall – herd size there is not nearly what it is in at the farm in Missouri. In fact, they've been hit with EHD so many years in a row. It, it's mother nature has kind of been managing that herd. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, EHD and then the coyotes over there too. We find a lot of coyote killed deer. Um, we really hammered the coyotes two years ago. Um, we killed quite a few of them over there and it seemed to help a little bit, but then, I mean, they're right back up where they were. We're seeing them almost every sit over there. But the deer, the deer density is quite a bit lower over there. Yeah. Are you able to use, I know, I know you have a 243 and a, a 350 legend that you got. The barrels are now uh, fitted for these new silencer central suppressors. Are you able to use a suppressor rifle in Illinois for predator or no? I don't know what the law is over there. No, you're not allowed to use a suppressor over there. Gotcha. I, I'm not surprised. I just, I wasn't sure if you were able to or not. They like the loud sounds. <laughs> I, wish, I wish we were. It'd be nice, but yeah. unfortunately, so we'll, just, we'll have the thermal on there and get after them. Well, cool. 
Now, where do you go from here? I mean, geez, I've said it like two, three times, but I just, the season they've had is, we, I can't we, fathom We it. don't know what that would feel like <laughs> or what not. you would do. I, this is envy and jealousy in one podcast. Hey, envy Forrest, and jealousy be forced. Killing a great year. Good job. Forrest. Well, it's tough because between Mark's crew, who they've had a fantastic year and, and, and always do really. Yeah. And then these guys have had a fantastic year. And really the last three years, you guys have had awesome years. Um, it's just, it's, it's awesome to watch from the sidelines, but it does get to where it's like, man, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it just makes me think like we suck really bad. <laughs> Everyone's got a bad year to throw. So right now, how about two years? <laughs> it becomes more than two. It's not the year. It's you. I just started to wonder there. <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. If it becomes more than two, it's not the year. I like that. There you go. We it's a little have, long. Yeah. Well, we'll put it in the, in the DOD gear store. <laughs> I think there are a lot of guys that are going to buy it. I mean, we get a lot of feedback from guys that say we're struggling too. We love to hear that we're not the only ones out there. So misery loves company. Yeah, for sure. Um, it could turn at any time, Tim. It could. By this things. time next week, we could both have kills. It's yeah, well, when you've hunted this much up to this point in the season, your wife likes to say there's not a lot of season uh, left. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the reality is there really isn't a lot of season left, though, because once you get to the holidays, a lot of, yeah. I mean, you know, there's days, you know, chunks at a time that you just go missing. If you want to be a neglectful father, there's a lot of time left. Yeah. No, if no. You, if, you don't want to. If you want to stay married, that's not mm -hmm. going to be. Yeah. So, so you don't want your kids to have daddy issues. <laughs> Dad, are you leaving again? Well, it's my job, son. Yeah. Our, our real wild clip this week shows us that maybe we are doing this hunting thing incorrectly. Well, I just maybe. got done saying that. Yeah. This is but more proof. Obvious. Okay. More proof. All right. So the real wild clip. Let's see what you got. It's a backyard and uh, it's suburbia. And there's a, a buck, a nice buck, a nice buck. This is actually not that far from my house, <laughs> believe it or not. I it mean, was sent by a friend of my of my wife's sent it to me, and it's like a rack pack page about Thanksgiving, and everybody's like, "Hey, there's the deer hunter. I see him in my backyard all the time." <laughs> yeah, I hate that. This this friend of hers sends me big deer videos all yeah. the time. He's walking past someone's wood pile. There's a chain link fence in the background. He's probably four. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a he's a he's a really good deer. Yeah. Someone's house this in the background. Same day, the same day that she sent me this, my wife sent me a text and said, We just saw a huge buck on our way over to the gas station. It's like right by McDonald's. I'm like, what the heck? And and meanwhile, this is like during the rut. So that's why they're, you know, that's why they're seeing them like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the woods seeing nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're like, doing it wrong. <laughs> yep. Should be hunting by the quick trip. Yeah, that's right. So real wild clip brought to you by my wife's friend. So here, dear, the audio in that, which, which we didn't share just there, but she's saying something like here, dear, come here. It, it wasn't, it wasn't impressed. Wasn't having it. Hey, there's the deer hunter. Hey. Did you get one yet? There you catch any? I see him all the time. Got him in my backyard. Yeah. There were some good responses out of that post in the rock. Pack. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people could relate. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's next, Tim? How about the, the question of the day? All right. So the question of the day is probably presented by Din DeerCast Windcheck. Pick your stand location and access with confidence using the custom five-day wind animations of Windcheck and DeerCast maps. 
Hey guys, my name is George Kaufman. I am from Southwest Virginia. First things first, uh, love the podcast, love what y'all are doing for our hunting community. And um, my question of the day is how will you be changing your hunting strategies from rut to late season? Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thank you, George. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm flailing. Yeah. First, (laughs) we're going to ask an expert here. What are you doing? (laughs) I don't know if I'm an expert, but I mean, we're shifting back to more afternoon hunting. Um, I mean, typically those deer are going to be back to bed in the morning, um, focusing a lot on food. I mean, this time of year, there may be a few little bucks still bumping those around, but a lot of those bigger mature deer, they're going to be back on that feed bag, especially if it gets really cold. Um, so find your food sources, get on those. So yeah. what if you, if you're in an area and I don't know George's scenario, but what if you're, you're in an area where you don't have a late season food source, which Tim runs into this a lot. I mean, he's in suburbia or mm-hmm. the, the bourbon property, you don't have food plots on it or anything like that. It's a cattle farm. So what strategies would you implore if you didn't have food to focus on? I mean, there's, I mean, deer have to eat. There's always going to be some food source. You just may have to scout a little bit harder. I mean, there may be crab apples or uh, pods off of a locust tree, find a tree that has, I mean, those deer are going to be going somewhere um, and eating. But I mean, I guess if you, if you have to hunt a bedding area, those south facing slopes or real thick thermal cover, maybe getting those um, or, or right on the edge of those, find those trails coming out of that, out of those bedding areas and try to catch them where they're going to eat. If you don't have an actual food plot, catch them going between it, maybe. At, at this point in the year, would acorns be still a palatable, you know, I don't know, they've been on the ground a little while. Is that still I, something there? Yeah, I mean, there's not near, obviously not as many as there were earlier in the season, but I actually found a, a good white oak that had some pretty big acorns still on the ground around it. So I dropped a camera there just to see what's coming. Does the palatability of the acorn change the longer it's off the limb? or They, they can rot for sure. Uh, so, you, I mean, you got to make sure that they're still in good shape. But how do you do that? You crack them open. Ah, I thought you were going to try one. I tried to eat acorn when I was a kid and they have a lot of tannins in them and they're bitter. So Native Americans used to soak them in like a creek. So running water over them and that would leach the tannins out of them. And then they dry them, grind them up and make flour. Then you could make like bread type products out of it. What? You can make bread. tannin? It's a, it's a chemical. Uh, it's, it's the chemical that is used to tan leather. Tim, sometimes I wonder how you know all this shit. <laughs> I, I read the back of salt packets. Mm. <laughs> is there a lot of tanning and salt? <laughs> There's zero. Okay. Yeah. Sorry you had to endure that forest, but that was good He's information. smiling. I think you, you know, liked that. That's an awkward smile. That was an interesting fact. Now hey. you know. That's what it, this is supposed to be about. We haven't even gotten to the wildlife word yet. We change people's lives. <laughs> Just wait for that. <laughs> There's more coming. <laughs> so it's brought to you by DeerCast Track. Get expert advice for your specific shot with DeerCast Track. <laughs> That's if you shoot a deer. <laughs> so, I don't think so, Tim. So this is this question is about a buck's the timing of their ability to breed. Bucks are actually ready and able to breed before does come into estrus. And I'm a big boy. They are. (laughs) If a buck had his preference, how long could he breed for? Is it A, three months, B, five months, 
C, the whole dang year, or D, forever. forever. You're killing me, Smalls. Same reference. Did you get that? It was great. Yeah. Nice job. Thank you. <laughs> so oh, These will all be Sandlot references from here on out. Okay. All right, Forrest. We always let the guests go first. Bucks are actually ready and able to breed before does come into estrus. If a buck had his preference, how long could he breed, breed for? I would say all year, but... Well, that's a filthy answer. I, the fact that you even said that is disgusting. Well, I feel like I mean. the whole year and forever would be the same answer. Yeah. Think about that, Tim. <laughs> hey, I am thinking about it. Think about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought about <laughs> and it. If you could breed the whole year and you just Me? keep breeding... Well, I know right. what we think. <laughs> <laughs> we can. Did you know that? We can. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, you were talking about bitters a while ago. <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to go uh, with uh, three months. I, I have no idea. Okay. What's the answer, T-Bone? Okay. Do you got it? So you said the whole year, right, Forrest? Yeah. Okay. The answer is five months. So pretty much once that velvet comes off, they ready to go. So 60% it's, of the it's time, weird. it works every time. That didn't make any sense. It's weird because if you think about it, deer kind of go through adolescence. They go through puberty every year. Same. What? <laughs> That's not right, Matt. Oh. <laughs> is that why your voice changes? Yes. <laughs> Oh, they're dropping again. <laughs> well, yeah, five months. Two hundred dollars. Five months, but the 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 does just are not ready, so that's why they fighting so much. And there you have a lot it. of pent up. Uh, I bet you didn't know that. Well, now I actually know you didn't know that because you said the whole year, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think the way the question was worded, did it say they, oh. how how long do they want to breed or how long can they actually breed? Yeah, Both. able to and want to are two different things. Let me tell you. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Okay. All right. We're, we're getting a window right now. Yeah, <laughs> I got. We're gonna. The YouTube's gonna give this a. They gave us a vulgar rating on one of my episodes oh, of really? season twenty-two. I, it was either because I used a curse word, but we bleeped it, or because we had that buck breeding the decoy. And I thought to myself, like, it can't be the cussing. There's no way because we have cussed on this podcast. It never gets flagged. Mm -hmm. Had to be the buck breeding the doe got flagged for vulgar against their community guidelines. That's not like we put Marvin Gaye underneath that. We did that clip. on social media. It was removed. We, we, we had to, uh, Josh and I were talking about it yesterday. And so we did two things. He, he submitted a, like a, request to see why yeah yeah and another thing is i was like just cut out the cussing real quick it didn't add to anything anyways mm -hmm. i was like cut out the cussing and see if see if that does it so i'll have to get with josh and see what exactly yeah what exactly was the reason they they shut her down for us nature nature if it was the nature side yeah. like that's pretty ridiculous i mean either are actually yeah. <laughs> so hmm. bunch of prudes out there on yeah. social media i guess our uh, our shout out this week. <laughs> our shout out this week has got to be one of the best uh, screen names for uh, an Apple user. So Willie and Waylon gave us five stars on Apple Podcast. Nice, that is a good one. Willie and Waylon and the boys. 
Um, William Whalen, they say, great show. Honestly, I just listened to see if I'll show up in the Rack Pack. Shout out. Just kidding. Great entertainment. I've listened to every episode while working and daydreaming of hunting. Just need some Borat clips on the soundboard, and it'd be a six out of five star show. That's so nice. And my wife. <laughs> we can six do that. Six out of five stars. Alan, Borat clips. Stat. <laughs> We need to refresh the farts, and we need some more Borat. I've kind of laid off the the fart sounds. We could probably go down to one. I have four. Yeah, we could probably go down to one. No, I have five. You got five farts. <laughs> Thought he had four. <laughs> I've <Yeah>. matured. <laughs> well, yeah, you're getting more sophisticated. Yes. The real question is, which one fart would you save? Mm. Well, based on the, the descriptions, you have them labeled as hard fart, mm-hmm. fart, Oil slick fart, trumpet butt fart, and I got diarrhea. Oh, that's not. I got diarrhea. That's not a fart sound. That's Joe. That's Joe Eichster. <laughs> trumpet butt makes me giggle. So, hold on. That's that. For the next real wild clip next week. Well, maybe not. We got Mark in. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say like. Let's clear the way for fart sounds. <laughs> yeah, I posted a video on the rack pack of me farting at a uh, spike buck. And it really made me laugh. Hey, that's all that matters. <laughs> I agree. I don't think so, Tim. All right. Well, we, we have other people that matter to us. We have new Rack Pack members. All right. So the Rack Pack members, every week, uh, Tim gives me a list of names. Every week I read them. Every week I mess them up. And every week there's a fake one in here. The Rack Pack is over on Facebook. It's the official 100% Wild podcast fan page, I guess. That's right. That's it's right. very private. So just in the search tool function, just mm. click Rack Pack. 100% Wild Rack Pack. It'll come up. All right. We got Ben Steffes. Mm. Naham G2. Hey. Sounds Naham like G2. Naham G2. Naham G2. I know that's like, a fake like name, but... It looks like name them to me. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> name them G2. Yeah. Is he the short name him G2 or the long G2 or the split G2? <laughs> it just depends how this creative can go a lot of different was. ways. We got Matt Wayland, Casey Garrett, Wade Hostetler. That sounds like a good Western name. John Davidson, John Montz, Brad Olson, Ryan Forrest. Oh, we have a Forrest. Uh, Jeremy Manis. I like Casey Garrett kind of sounds like he was in um, uh, a movie with – Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. He was Waterworld. Oh, yeah. That's a good, like a tombstone Tombstone related. And Tombstone. Uh, mm-hmm. Garrett. We got Hostetler. Garrett. They could be in a gang. The Hostetlers. The, the Hustlin' Hostetlers. The Hostetler Garrett gang. Ooh. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a rough. Robin Trains and <laughs> I won't say what else they were up to. It was no good. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Leaving their switchblades in a rain barrel to get them rusty and then bang them on a curb. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. That was our president. What? Trump Pop? said that? No. <laughs> oh. No, the, the, the current one. Biden said that? Yeah. <laughs> Seems like yeah. something Trump yeah, when, said. When he, when he got into a scuffle with uh, Corn Pop. Oh, that's right. Pool. That's right. After he let those kids touch his hairy legs. <laughs> <laughs> what is he talking about? It's Corn Pop. He ran a bunch of bad dudes. I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> Got him. Oh, you can't make this stuff up, unfortunately. <clears throat> All right. Well, Forrest, congrats on an awesome season, man. We're real happy it. for you. 
It's he's pretty special. He's like, you guys invited me on the show. <laughs> oh, wait, I am happy for you because I know how tough it is to be up in that scenario up there. You're, out, it, you're really in the, you're really in the mix up there. It's, uh, it's a hard earned 185. You don't have to confirm or deny anything. <laughs> just, that just shake your head if he's watching you right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the room. <laughs> I can just, I can just blink see, twice. <laughs> imagine Terry whispering under his breath in the blind. Here's your Christmas bonus. <laughs> no, now that is one thing. Those boys are generous in the bonus department, so we good there. Oh yeah, we're good there. You've got yours and antlers this year. Not me. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I guess technically I did at Mark. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, we can't what, discount that. What are you doing with that? Uh, I I have it. So we uh, skull capped it, and <clears throat> to be able to take it back into Missouri. It's a gang term for those that aren't familiar skull capping yeah and uh i took it to the guy that does all my euro mounts and he he got it cleaned up i mean there wasn't much to clean up but he got it all cleaned up and then he's he's got it right now he said he's gonna he's trying to think of something to do something cool to do with it yeah. so because you're usually i would have put i would have done a euro mount i really like doing euro mounts but um because of the way we cut the horns off of it after we tagged it you can't Euro mount. Well, I guess you can't. Well, no, well, you couldn't. Could you? Uh, no. Take some I mean, other Euro and glue them on. <laughs> well, if you're looking for ideas, there's a, a Greek guy I know, Mikos, that has a place called Euro Mounts. Uh, is and it Euro? Yeah. You or can Euro. get Euros while you e wait for him Euros? to. You're saying it wrong. It's a Euro. Yeah. Euro. It's spelled differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got a G in it. Yeah, but you're calling it a Euro. Oh, sorry. Sound like I'm, my mother-in-law. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, let's get some euros. She's got a deep voice. <laughs> no, actually, it's let's get some gyros. <laughs> gyros? <laughs> Still wrong. <laughs> There's a euro place where uh, I think it's run by, oh, they're Iranians or Pakistanians. They could eat euros. They can. It's just, you know. You think of it's Greeks. It's more of a Greek food. You have an Italian making it or a Mexican <laughs> right. guy. Are you, you want a fajita? <laughs> you want a euro? <laughs> Actually, just about every, well, not just about, at a lot of Mexican restaurants, you could probably get a euro. Like, you, it's like, hey, you want chicken nuggets? You want a yeah, cheeseburger? Weird, you want? Yeah. We were on a, a Zoom call the other day with a, a lady we work with through DeerCast, and she's like, man, me and my daughter, we ate uh, the uh, seafood at uh, the Mexican uh, restaurant. And we got food poisoning. I'm thinking, surprise, yeah. surprise. <laughs> and it was the wrong item. Yeah. And if the seafood's on clearance, don't ever order it. Uh, it's on clearance for a reason, folks. So. Right, Forrest? <laughs> Forrest is wondering why he's here. Why he's still on. It's like you got something to do or what? Kill a couple does? <laughs> no, I'm actually, we're, we're uh, we're cleaning a couple of those right now. Actually, I got out of it for a little while. Hey. So see, just stay on with yeah. us. Is that what, what Ben and Terry are up to? No, Terry left actually today. Where's he, he at? He's going home to finish up some, I don't know. He said he wanted to see Willa. And Christmas. Christmas shopping probably. This is fake news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So it's me and, me and Ben are holding the fort down up here. Oh boy. Oh no. All right. Well, I did spill the beans a little bit. I think we may have Mark on for our next episode. That's still TBD. I mean, he's supposedly coming into St. Louis. To, I think he's going to visit one of his sisters. Um, and then he's picking up grandma and taking her back to Iowa 
far. I don't know if she, I don't think she has a tag, so I don't think she's hunting unless she's going to Missouri to hunt with him. I really don't know, or else she's just going to camp. I really I yeah. have no idea. But as he's coming through St. Louis area, we're trying to get him to swing by the studio for a podcast. I'd like to hear about they they went there was a tear there. Well, all year they're on a tear, but there was a period there where like twenty four hour period they killed three bucks in three states. It's crazy. And then Perry just killed a buck out of a cattle shack. Yeah. So. <laughs> With a glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> I may be absent on this episode. And we'll hear more about that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Make sure you tune in next next week, folks. All right. Thanks, Forrest. Forrest, no. congrats, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for coming on. It's fun. Also, don't forget to go in and register for the 12 giveaways of Christmas. Register every day. Every morning we wipe the slate clean, and we got some really cool prizes culminating in a Matthews HHA victory package on day 12. That's happening right now in DeerCast. Every day in the news feed, you can go and see the latest daily prize giveaway. Mm -hmm. Every day we wipe the slate clean of names and you got to re-register for the next day's prize. So Thank you for saying uh, that. this airs tomorrow, Wednesday, the 7th. Mm -hmm. We would have had three giveaways. No, that'll be the third day of giveaways, I think. Yeah. So still plenty of time. And really the big, I mean, if you're under a rock here, the big giveaway, the real big giveaway is under the giveaway tab that's a hunt with mark and terry that's a for next year a deer hunt that's a chance to win a tracker off-road 800 side by side and it's a chance to win a hawk office blind a big box blind with a five foot platform so th those prizes alone that's you know probably twenty thirty thousand dollars worth of prizes right there it's incalculable uh, invaluable too how do i enter a contest <laughs> is that on here yeah somewhere where maybe on the drum page okay drums nope sequence nope maybe I don't know. drums nope song nope sorry I'm not Timmy, checked liar. on the soundboard <clears throat> oh i love lying i know especially I the inconsequential you. ones every day white lies <laughs> every <laughs> yeah. day it gets it's so old it's like i i did that work and then uh -huh. And then it's like, come to find out you didn't. Or it's like, I have an appointment to go to. Oh, yeah. The turns, appointments, the dermatologist one's a big one. Turns out you're just here in your office. <laughs> and I'm like taking notes. Oh, yeah. Tell oh, me more about things. We the need kids to do. are sick. Yeah. Okay. I don't even have kids. I know. It's just something I do to get to for people to think I'm cool. <clears throat> yeah, well, find it's working. It, find something else. It's working real good. All right. That's about it for today, guys. Working <laughs> I think good. I've had enough. Mm-hmm. All right, smell you later, Forrest. All right, see ya. Merry Christmas. <laughs> he does look like a, a victim of, like he's been, he's held hostage there. Victim of your dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, until next time, we hope you all have some late season success. We hope we do too. We do. All right, bye bye. next time. Peace out. DeerCast is now supercharged with maps. Get ahead of your game with killer new features like live Doppler radar, wind check out to five days, virtual rain gauges, GPS path tracking, and more. Plus, get our 14-day revolutionary DeerCast prediction and access to DeerCast track. Prep, predict, and pursue with DeerCast.